best health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Well, hello, and thank you for coming back for Episode 2 of Your Best Health with Dr. Banning, the podcast that focuses on keeping you healthy through diet, exercise, and, and other things. My name is Aaron, and I welcome you as well as Dr. Banning. Dr. Banning, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Aaron. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Well, this is your podcast. I should thank you for having me oh, on. Okay. All right. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Today's topic is health. And I know that sounds funny because the whole podcast is, is focusing around health, but the, the topic is actually what is health? You and I had a conversation not too long ago about health, and uh, your definition of health was the best I'd ever heard. So could you kind of share with the listener what your definition of health is? Well, it's a pretty big uh, topic of discussion to just kind of narrow it down to one thing, Aaron, but it you know, you might say it's a state of well-being. That's a very narrow-minded focus of health because health is a journey. It's a process. Um, you know, in, in getting healthy is a process and developing disease is a process. So um, I like to look at it as wellness. And so wellness is a process of making choices that will naturally get your body healthier so your body can function and adapt in a stressful environment and so you can function um, grow be nurtured or nurture others and just have a healthy active life you talked about uh, healthy choices last episode a, a little, and, and I didn't dig any deeper. What can you give us an example of of a healthy choice? Okay. Well, a lot of people go out to eat at restaurants nowadays. I do. Yeah, o- often <laughs> I do too. I do too. And when you go to a restaurant, you just got to understand that a lot of the food is not some of the healthiest food you could be eating. But the biggest thing that I see people doing is they're drinking their calories and their beverages, and that means sugar. So the best thing you can do is opt out of the Coke and opt out of the sweet tea and get a water with lemon. That's my favorite anyway. I love water. I love lemon water. I do too. And I just made a health style choice here. I'm, I'm learning too. And I share what I learn with my patients. Um, but uh, we have a little water filtration setup that we bought at Home Depot. Put it on the outside of our house. It's not the best. It's not the fanciest, but we just started out with that. And then I've been using Brita. It's like a, a gravity-fed water filter. Mm-hmm. I just learned the other day that Brita has aluminum in it. Aluminum is one of the worst things out there for toxicity and aluminum is associated high levels of aluminum is associated with alzheimer's i need all the help i can get in that department (laughs) i want my brain to be working good so i went ahead and talked to several colleagues and got on the internet and ended up buying a, a water filtration system 
just for our family and we got a Berkey and so I got that put it together and I probably had four or five glasses of water out of it so it's just a little step-by-step process of making choices and decisions and you know I always tell people the ugly is coming (laughs) it's just coming as you get older now how do you want to spend the rest of your life do you want to have a quality of life and a long quality span of life or do you want to live longer and not have a good quality and so it's all about quality for me i've heard my whole life hydrate you know hydration is is very important how important is water you know a lot of people hydrate with sports drinks um things like that how important is water in, in a diet well Gosh, your water, your body is 70% weight by water. If you're dehydrated, your brain doesn't work well. The viscosity of your blood goes up. Water lubricates your joints. Water's in your cells and it's between your cells. Water's important for digestion. It's important for your kidneys. It's important for your skin. It's important for your eyes. Your body has all these secretions on the outside and on the inside that are water-based. So if you don't have water, you can develop all kinds of symptoms. And one of the worst things you can do is become dehydrated chronically and then go to your doctor. And a lot of times your doctor may not ask you if you're drinking enough water. Yeah, I don't think my, my health, uh, my, my doctors ever asked me about water. It's not something that they ask very often. And so they might give you medication, and here you are dehydrated. So and I've got several books on water, believe it or not. And water, four things you got to have to live. Oxygen, water, and food. And the last one nobody ever gets. Let me guess. Shelter. No, sunlight. Well, that's a good one. That's that's good. I've never heard somebody say that. That's that's a good uh, that's a good one. I like that. It's nerve function. You know, if your heart stops, what happens? I can put you on a heart pump and artificially keep your body going. What happens if your brain dead? Done. So your brain sends energy through your nerves to energize and keep your tissues alive. So your nervous system is how you live your life. And so those are the four essentials for life. If you're lacking in any of them, you're not going to have as good a health as you could have. But if you work on optimizing those, you can be very, very healthy. So the four you mentioned were oxygen, water, food, and nerve function. Yes. Nerve function. I I never would have guessed that. Not many people do. Not many people know what your nervous system does or have an idea of how it works. Uh, but, but but basically, your your brain is a generator of electrical energy. And your body is just like a field, electrical field. And it's all generated. It starts at the brain. And so it runs down through your spinal cord, through all the nerves in your body. And in turn, your body sends signals back through your spinal nerves up to your spinal cord to your brain. And these are millions and millions of signals per second. And so we call that just the natural intelligence of the body based on the design that God gave us in our bodies. 
And if we can harness the power and the energy of that brain by making good choices that will support that nervous system and make it stronger and healthier, gosh, our body will do so much better. And so that's one of the basic premises we use as a chiropractic office is to tell them about their nervous system. And if you're not working on your nervous system or maintaining it properly, uh, you're going to have some problems as you get older. So, Are there ways to, to specifically work on that? Yes, and one of the simple ways is, is uh, look at your posture. And this will be a fun thing for you to do. Have somebody take a picture of you from the side. No one ever sees themselves from the side. That's true. We all look at ourselves in the mirror and kind of admire ourselves and, you know, that kind of thing. But when you look from the side, when I show people their posture from the side, it's a different ballgame. And most people know that posture is critical for good health, good posture, because we talk about nursing home posture. Mm -hmm. And what's the most common denominator you see in a nursing home? Forward head posture, right? Right. And are people healthy that are in the nursing home? Most of them, I'd say no. Do we ever want to be in a nursing home? Only to visit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So uh, from that standpoint, the posture is kind of like the window to your spine. And so if you have forward head posture, text Nick, you know, your head weighs about 12 pounds. So for every inch that head goes forward. Is another 12 pounds that the muscles Mm. in your neck and shoulders have to hold up. So guess what? You're going to have tension headaches. You're going to have neck pain. You're going to have numbness in your hands and fingers. So posture is critical, even for kids nowadays. We're seeing a lot of kids that have got just horrible posture at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And their nervous system is just not doing well. They may not have the symptoms. They will get the symptoms over time. It's the poor posture. I remember growing up, my parents telling me sit up straight mm-hmm. often. How do you how do you make it a habit to have good posture? Well, that's a great question. One of the first things that you need to do is look at what you do during the day. If you're somebody that sits at a desk, you got to work on that forward head posture because you're going to sit at that desk more than likely what five six hours a day, thirty years. Mm. Then, uh, you know, you throw onto that with a technology explosion. You know, people are on their phones. They're looking at their computers. So there's a lot of people that probably spend 10 hours a day looking at a screen of some sort. So we got to work on, first of all, getting the head back square over the shoulders. That's not easy to do. No. Um, the awareness is the first thing. So if your head is way forward and you put your head back square over your shoulders, you're like, What? This feels different. It does. You feel like you're bending your head backwards. <laughs> well, your brain has it programmed, and so do your neck and shoulders, that your head should be forward all the time. And what happens if it stays forward? Gravity. Gravity keeps pulling it forward. And that's where we start getting problems with our neck, with our headaches, with our shoulders. And, you know, if you go to a chiropractor, that's something that we really work on and address. But unfortunately, a lot of people will end up going to their doctor mm-hmm. and they may have a headache or may have neck pain as a, as a result of forward head posture. And guess what? You might get medication. Right. Okay. Um, 
Physical therapy is good for, for, for forward head posture. Things like pulling your head back, tucking your chin, pulling the shoulders back. And not only that, but chiropractic is fantastic for forward head posture. So what we'll do a lot of times is we'll, we'll give patients, we call them home stretches. That's where they pull their head back, pull their shoulders back, stretch their chest open. And we'll take care of them. And just about 50% of our patients will have their spouse say, you know what? You look like you're taller. Oh, I need that. You're standing up straighter. You know, and when you're standing up straighter and your head's back further forward, that affects how your body breathes. It affects your heart. It affects the stress on your nervous system, all those things. And so that's one way to look at the, the posture. You know, I find myself slouching. Every once in a while, it'll dawn on me, you're slouching. Mm-hmm. It never dawns on me that I've got good posture. <laughs> yeah. And when you do feel that, it's good to stand up and take a break uh, and do the lottery pose. Oh, yeah. As if you just won the lottery. Exactly. You, you know, and don't do it half-heartedly. Do it like you want a million bucks. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you put your head up, look straight up, put your hands up as high as you can and stretch. I learned a lot. I, I basically call it the lottery pose so people will remember it. But I had a lady, real sweet lady. She was in a nursing home. She couldn't drive. My wife would drive over to her apartment and pick her up. She was like almost 90. And we'd adjust her, and she really loved getting adjusted. And I just learned what she did in her apartment. Basically, all she did was she read books and she crocheted. All those are head down. All of them are head down. Not only that, she never reached above her head. And so she lost all that. And so I thought, man, this is a shame. I need to share this with everybody. Everybody is getting older. So you've got to be able to reach your hands above your head and pull your head back. If you can't, you're going to get eaten. You're not going to survive mm. in the jungle. Um, so the lottery pose is a good way to address posture. Not just, oh, I did it today. No. Take a break every half hour. Really? And do three or four exercises. Yeah. And the other thing is when your head is forward like that, there's so many bones that are stuck and they're not moving. And that creates an additional stressor on your neck and your nervous system. And when a bone is stuck and it's not moving, it just makes the rest of your body work harder. So with chiropractic, we're able to evaluate where those areas are in your spine. And we reduce stress on your nervous system. And that's a winner right there because your nervous system is so upstream in your health. So if we reduce the stress on your nervous system, guess what? We reduce the stress on your whole body. And your body's able to adapt to stress. It's able to be healthier. And so we don't want to just say, hey, today we did this. We want this to be a journey, a process. Because we know as we get older, the ugly's coming. Yes. Yes. That's things, funny. Things tend to fall apart. Amen. Right? They <laughs> don't tend that. to become more organized. They fall apart. And poor posture is part of it. Poor lifestyle is part of it. So, You know, there's been a recent uh, popularity in these desks that rise. Oh, that's a great. Topic. Have you seen those? I've I've recommended I recommend them. My last two desk jobs that I had, I had standing desks. 
Wow, that's awesome. It took a little while to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, but I spent most of my day standing. That'll make a big difference. That's a game changer right there. Um, funny story. I had a gentleman that uh, was having back pain. I told him, I said, you know, I mean, we're helping you, but we could do a lot better and take a lot more stress off your lower back and your nervous system if you had a sit-stand desk. So we wrote him a letter, and he got a sit-stand desk, and his boss was making fun of him. Oh, wow. Just saying, you big weenie, what are you doing? I got some you of know. that. Yeah, and so what this patient noticed is about a month later, this person was making fun of him, got a sit-stand desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. But but I've probably recommended it to, I mean, dozens of patients, and every one of them has said it's made a big difference. Yeah. So. I could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I could tell the difference. It was, yeah. It was much nicer. I did get made, I got made fun of a lot. But I worked in an atmosphere that was just fun. Right. You know, oh, and yeah. nobody, nobody was being mean. Right, exactly. It was, it was just good fun. That's good. That's good. You got to have fun when you're working. So let's circle back uh, to water that we, we started talking about. Mm-hmm. How much water is enough and how much water is too much? Let's say daily. Okay. Uh, without getting too complicated, um, a general rule is to drink half your weight in ounces. That's a general rule. Okay, so I weigh 180. So I would drink 90 ounces of water a day. Right. So to put it in perspective, there's 128 ounces in a gallon of water. Now, the other question is, what kind of water should I be drinking? Well, yeah. you want to drink the purest form of water you can drink. Um, me, I just got a Berkey filter, so. Yeah, that's pretty pure. <laughs> yeah, I'm a water snob, I guess. But just drink something. Drink it. Drink water. You got to. If um, someone doesn't have, have access to a filtered water, is tap water better than no water? Well, I mean, you can get a a test on the water and see what's in it. But, you know, here lately, see, I'm from Flint, too. Did you oh, know? Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Wow. You know, I have a lot of people just kind of taking pot shots at me thinking I had lead poisoning and stuff. Because, like, I grew up in Flint. You've heard about the water crisis oh, yes, they sir. had there. Yeah. yeah. And so the scary part is, is that could be happening in other places. So I thought, you know, get one of the Berkeley filters. Now, back to the water discussion. I don't want to. I talk a lot about bodily functions because it's important. Mm -hmm. So when you urinate, if your urine is really strong and smelly, Mm -hmm. that means you're dehydrated. You want a lighter color of urine. And so you can look at your urine and tell, in general, if you're dehydrated or if you need more water. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. I've actually seen charts that have color samples. Okay. Um, I don't remember where I saw those. I saw, it may have been, it may have been uh, online, but that does make sense. And that's an easy way to test because... I've been dehydrated before and had no idea I was dehydrated. Mm -hmm. If you wait for the thirst mechanism, which, again, is controlled by what? Uh, That's controlled by your nervous function. There you go, man. You're already learning this (laughs) stuff. I am learning. Good deal. Um, Yeah, it's controlled by your nervous system, and it's built in. It's a built-in system. Um, God gave us that, that reflex because 
water is so critical. Are there ways to know if you're, I know if I get real thirsty, mm-hmm. I'm dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Are there ways to know before that point? Well, other than the urine, you know, checking that. Yeah. Say if you're in a real hot environment and you're, you're not sweating and you're starting to heat up, that's a sign that you're dehydrated. That's a real obvious sign that you're dehydrated. You know, dry eyes, constipation, loss of energy, loss of focus. How soon can one become dehydrated? I know, I know with the illnesses, certain illnesses, you're going to get dehydrated because, right. you know, you're, but if, if I, if I'm out riding my bike, mm-hmm. is that enough time to get dehydrated? It can be. If you're out there for a long period of time in the sun, you're, you're really pushing yourself. And what I do when I go to the gym is I will get water and I'll put apple cider vinegar in it and I'll put uh, Himalayan salt in it. Really? Now, yeah. see, that seems counterproductive to me, salt. Well, if you look at our batteries, excuse me, our bodies as being like a battery, mm-hmm. um, you've got to have some type of electrical separation of charge, positive and negative, to do work. That's how a battery works. Okay. So, if you lose fluid or you lose salt, your body doesn't have the ability to conduct nerve pulses to contract muscles okay. to function like it should and so um i'll put pink salt in there pink salt is great because it has over 90 minerals in it minerals are like the spark of life and so minerals act as carriers in your metabolism they're like little pigeons that carry messages to cells or are involved in different processes like burning fat or creating energy, those types of things. And so that's why the salt's really important. I just put a little pinch. I don't sit there and measure it out. And then the the apple cider vinegar is really good because that makes the salt more effective. And so I've used that for quite a while. That's interesting. Yeah. Because if I I remember correctly, our sweat contains fluid and salt. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're... we're losing that through our body's natural cooling system. We've got to replenish. Right. Interesting. Okay, how much water is too much water? Well. Or is there such a thing? Oh, there is such a thing. I think what will happen is you'll just get tired of water. The thirst response won't be there. You know, I enjoy water. One of the telltale signs is somebody's dehydrated and to me, it it tells me that they're not very healthy is when they tell me they don't like the taste of water. Wow. And usually I just say, well, what do you drink instead of water? I drink Cokes or I drink Diet Cokes. And that'll give me an idea, hey, this person's got some issues. And usually they'll have really tender tissues. They might have fibromyalgia. They won't have a lot of oxygen. A lot of the, the diet drinks will rob your body of oxygen. And lower your metabolism and just congest everything in your body. Is that because of aspartame? Well, artificial sweeteners are really, they're neurotoxic. Neurotoxic means they're poisonous to your nerves. I'll give you an example. I had a patient that would drink, gosh, two or three Diet Cokes a day. And she had these horrific headaches. And we were working on her and... 
She was getting some better, but we were missing something. She even took medication for it. It didn't help her at all. So I just asked her, I said, what do you, what do you drink during the day? It's all Diet Coke. And right away I knew that was a problem because the artificial sweeteners are known to be neurotoxic. And so she was developing these horrible ocular headaches. She quit drinking the artificially sweetened drinks. Headache's gone. Now, for some reason, she went back to drinking the diet drinks. And guess what? Came back. They came back. Exactly. So she learned. And that was a good process and a good experience for her. But the thing is, there's people out there that don't know that. They're getting medicated. They're getting a lot of treatments that they don't need. When all they need to do is learn a little bit and change their lifestyle. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember I've been a big water drinker. I love water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started in college when a health instructor asked me how much water do I drink each day. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, probably four or five cups. And she said, four or five cups of water. I said, yeah, I drink coffee, tea. Mm, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. her expression was like, mm-hmm. "That's you can't include that as water. Because once it's made coffee... It's coffee. It's not right. water anymore. Right. And coffee's a diuretic, so you'll lose a lot of water. So you need to drink more water with a diuretic. But there are folks who live life without drinking water. It's not a very good life. That's, you know, I've, you explaining that, that certain people don't like the taste of water. I can't imagine not drinking water. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. That's pretty I, I'm with you on that, Aaron. Yeah. Are there other ways to get water? Can you can you actually include water from from a soda because there's water in there? No. Okay. Water is water. <laughs> That's what my health teacher said. Yeah. She said if you took coffee, it's not H two O. It's a different. It's a different chemical buildup. That's, that's good advice. Yeah. Listen to your health instructor. Your health teacher. What do you think about sparkling water? I think that's pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, it's basically just carbonated water. There's I, nothing else in it. I have g- grown to really love sparkling water. I drink mm-hmm. I drink regular water a lot, but um, for meals and things, I'll drink sparkling water. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Um, very good. We've covered uh, dehydration today. We've covered the big four, oxygen, water, food, and nerve function. We've covered water. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? You know, we could talk a lot about the big four essential items necessary for a good quality of life you know those those items have to be delivered to every cell tissue organ and system in your body if they're in shortage you're not going to be healthy or as healthy as you could be so eating healthy reducing inflammation reducing the amount of sugar that you take into your body will, believe it or not, increase the oxygen levels to all your cells, tissues. It'll increase the food getting to your cells and tissues. Your, your cells and tissues will be able to metabolize them better. You'll get more energy out of them. You'll feel better. And your nervous system will work better. So, it's that simple. I've got a feeling we've got an episode coming up on the Big Four. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> could talk so a long time. We could talk about. Yeah, yeah we, we could talk a lot about that. Okay, this episode was titled, What is Health? And we've gone over that quite a bit. Someone who is not healthy and knows they're not healthy, is there a way to improve health quickly? Or does it usually take a plan and lots of time or just any amount of time? 
Well, what's that saying they've got about the journey? It begins with one step. It begins with one step. A journey. Um, it's a, a journey of a of a thousand miles begins with one. There step. There you go. That's it. That's it. Um, there's a lot of hucksters out there that try to take advantage of people like that. They want a quick fix, or a, and so they'll sell this little pill or this thing or that. And uh, I always tell my patients, be the turtle, don't be the rabbit. But if if you want the best benefit for your lifestyle changes water is a good one to start with you know the next one would be eating quality food looking at your lifestyle choices if you're a smoker quit it's horrible if you sit a lot during the day get up and move the research is out there when you move your body processes what it hears and what it sees better When you don't move and you have a sedentary lifestyle, your brain actually shrinks. And you don't process like you would if you moved and exercised. So moving is a good strategy. Drinking water is a good strategy. And I'll just say those two. Okay. Those are two good ones. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't want to change. And if they don't, that's fine. Um, I'll just say, hey, just start drinking more water. Just start somewhere. Because when they make that change today, that's... A step in the right direction of a, a healthier tomorrow. So what would you say to somebody that doesn't like to taste water? Or what have you said? I can't say a lot to them because they really <laughs> don't know what it feels like to have, um, to enjoy a nice, cold, fresh glass oh, of water. I love water. Maybe yeah. I would say acquire the taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Banning, for, for this episode. And if you, listener, have a question for Dr. Banning, Feel free to email us at besthealthpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get those questions answered on upcoming episodes. And thank you for listening. Come back. Episode three, we're going to be discussing procrastination. Thank you, Dr. Banning. My pleasure.